Welcome to another episode of Culinary School Stories, the weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. You are an important part of this show where we ask the question, what's your culinary school story? So now, without any further delay, let's meet today's guest. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening in to another episode of the Culinary School Stories podcast, a proud member of the Food Media Network. Now, before we start the show, I wanted to first give a big thank you to all of you who have financially supported this podcast. We really appreciate your help. And for those of you who haven't yet, if you like this show, maybe this episode, and or our YouTube video clips that we make and send out, why not show your support too by buying us a cup or two of coffee to help defray some of the out-of-pocket expenses? And you can do this in one of two ways. As an individual, you can either go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash chefroach or through Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash drprofessorchef. If you contribute just the price of a cup of coffee a week, two, three, four dollars, you will be helping to support the hosting, the purchasing, the creation, the production of our episodes and shows that we produce and give away for free every day. And if you're a business or company that's interested in advertising or sponsoring this podcast, please contact us at culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com, and we would be happy to send you out our rate sheet. Okay, so now back to this week's episode. My guest today is not only a culinary school graduate, but is currently a culinary arts instructor. He is also a certified member of the American Culinary Federation. So now let's meet today's guest, Chef Samuel Spencer. Sam, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on and sharing your culinary school story with the listeners. All right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Great. Well, it's happy to have you here. And let's jump right into that first question. What got you into culinary school? What got you into this industry? What got you into cooking? Where did that passion, that influence come from? Well, that influence started with my grandmother at the age of six years old. You know, she actually growing up, you know, in a household with her, she always was cooking and things like that. So it slowly enters my passion to follow her steps into the kitchen. And one of the first things that we cooked the other was grits. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you must be a grit cooking expert now. Do you put like shrimp in it and cheese? And what's your favorite grit recipe? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of grits. So, you know, I mean, if you know, that was one of the first things I cooked and started in the kitchen. So, you know, I like maybe like a garlic consola grits or something like that. Oh, wow. Wonderful. So you started with uh, your grandmother, family influence, and then kind of took off on that. What did you do? Did you get into some, get a job first? Or did you decide I'm going right into culinary school? How did that take us through that story? Okay. At the time, you know, I, I started off in the industry. I started my first, my first food service. I was KFC while I was in high school. And at that time, I didn't really, you know, think about culinary school. I, you know, thought about pursuing it serious. But, you know, but, I, but, but throughout, throughout the years, you know, throughout that year working in fast food, you know, kind of, I feel like somebody I can see myself doing it. I want to, you know, move to another job. Then that's when I started the first commercial kitchen I started with at Spring Hill Medical Center. Great, great. So you went to the medical school. And what, what part of this, uh, exactly when did you end up going to culinary school and where did you go? 
I actually started going to culinary school a little later, around the age of 23, and I went to Bishop State Community College in Mobile, Alabama. And while while long working in the uh, healthcare industry, kind of pushed me into the culinary art schooling with some of the professors and chef there was our graduates of the school and gave me advice to move on and go. Awesome. Now, was that a two-year program? Was that an associate's degree, a certificate? How was that? What was that? It's a, it's a two-year culinary program. And how many students were in the in in your class? They had like a typical class of twenty, or was it less, more? Yeah, at that time we probably had a typical class, maybe of twenty to twenty-five students. And total program was probably right around a hundred students in the program total at that time. So your first day, tell take us back to that day. Re- reflect what happened. You're going on. I'm sure you're excited. You're like, all right, this is my new career. But same time, there's got to be some nerves happening there. Tell us what what was going through your mind. Yes, my first day, you know, uh, throughout throughout working in the industry and working at the hospital with parents graduates of the school, I, I, I was familiar with the instructors and kind of, you know, knew who the instructors were. But my, actually, my first day, you know, I, I had the instructor, uh, Chef Herman Packer at the time, Chef Henry Douglas, and also Chef Lockwood. And yeah, my first day walking to the Carnegie Arts class, it was a little, a little frightening at, at first, you know, not knowing exactly what I was walking into. And, and probably working in the industry and going to the classroom with like a two different levels. Because like I say, what I know I was, I was doing this every day. But once I was into to an educational setting, I didn't really know what to expect. But I mean, right on, I knew this was the injury for me. My instructors, my uh, mentors, you know, they just grabbed me and just, I loved it. It was no no turning back after that. So, you know, once once I started in school and kind of started getting my foot wet, I, it was the right decision to make. I should have went sooner. Good. And, uh, Tell us about the academic part, because that's usually a challenge for some people. They go to culinary school and they can conquer the labs. You know, the cooking part comes naturally, especially if they have experience. But what about the academic part? Tell us about those classes. Yes, when it got down to the academic course, actually, like I said, prior, prior to going to school, I was already in the industry, maybe six years at a time. And I was hearing the chefs and cooks around the kitchen saying, full pan, saute pan, talking about different sauces. And once I got into culinary arts school, I was like, okay, that's what they're talking about. You know, when I started learning the professional terminology of the kitchen of the loose sauces and cream sauces, the mother sauce and mother season. So, you know, I mean, I was, I was in the atmosphere every day working and hearing professionals talk. And I was like, well, I want to learn that. So they said, well, you need to go to culinary school. I was like, you got to go to culinary school to cook. I'm like, I was like, at first I was like, I don't need it. But I went, 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 but, but once I got into school and started learning, and, and that, that was the best thing they ever made after the day. So I'm glad I made the decision to get on in there. And you also learned the like some of the management and uh, human resources and the costing, the financial part of the industry. So those are usually pretty helpful too, huh? Uh, yes, because at the time I was kind of working uh, in healthcare. At that time, you know, once I got into some of the uh, dietary management class, nutrition class, that kind of helped me out of everyday aspect of learning, you know, different calories, different uh, diets, and things that sort. So I mean, it actually helped help me. On every so like one side uh, helped the other because I mean I was working every day and I was going to school so I was getting educated and working so like uh, it, it, I mean it was like if I wasn't in the classroom I was in the lab if I wasn't in the lab I was at work so but it it, it, it was it was truly enjoyable. Now did you have a favorite class out of all the ones that you took lab class or academic was there a favorite in there that you enjoyed and if so why? Yeah, I, I would say my favorite class was. Uh, Advanced, advanced meal prep. That's where you know you kind of just learning how to actually put a meal together, actually make menus and things like that. So you know it kind of helped me, you know, balance out menus, menus and and uh and help putting plates together and things like that. Great. What you got any stories from culinary school? What happened? Did anything happen? Anyone get cut? Anyone uh, 
pass out. You know, a lot of times that happens. They're tired. They're working too many jobs or anything else happen? Any stories you got? Well, when I say with a story with me and Carter near our school, I guess, you know, it was like between going to school and working days and working nights. You know, one day in the lab, I was uh, in, in one of the kitchens and I was uh, kind of got smoked out because it made me have about seven people working, working in the kitchen. And I went to open the window. And when I went to open the uh, wind the window, my hand went through the window. So I actually ended up cutting myself. Oh, no. So it was too smoky and you had to open the window to get some uh, ventilation in there and it broke. Wow. Yeah, so in, in a hurry of trying to get some ventilation in the kitchen, I, I was uh, made, made a mistake. My hand slipped and my hand went through the window. So I had started to work, so I so I a little cut. But I, you know, uh, got bandaged up and got back at it. You know, and I kind of looked back at that as a, as a learning moment where you know you can't you can't rush and rush and doing things. You have to kind of slow it down. Your instructor probably looked at you like you know that window opens. You don't have to punch a hole in it, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind of, that was kind of, you know, like, well, he first thing, you know, he said, well, were you okay? You know, he said, go to the nurses, get bandaged up, and uh, come back. So about an hour later, I came back to class, finished up my day, and that's kind of a moment I look back, and I still have the pictures in one of my phones that I kind of look at every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> How about a worse class? Is any one of them you didn't like? It was like, ah, I don't like that class for whatever reason. I mean, actually, I mean, it's one of those things to, you know, once I started school, I learned to love all the classes. So, I mean, I really enjoy each and every class. So, I can't look back and say I didn't enjoy any of them. But, I mean, I learned so much from each class because, you know, once I got there, the light bulb came on and it's just been uphill from now. Perfect. Anything you wish you knew before you got there? Once you, you know, once you got into the program, you got into school and you're like, wow, this might have been helpful had I known this previous before I started. Yeah, I say one thing, you know, I get, you know, with, with, with working full time and going to school, you know, if I would just slow down a little bit and maybe, you know, wish I would have had more time in culinary school that I really, really, really had a passion for it. But, you know, like I say, working and, and going to school full time, you had to just balance that out. So if I would have started earlier, you know, I, you know, but, it, but everything worked out for the best. So you encourage people to start young, go if you can, if they have the resources to get involved, you know, maybe right after high school. Yeah, that that'll be a good fit. But at a lot of times, then then with the uh, mental maturity, you know, I'm kind of glad I did wait till I was a little older because you know I didn't have a desire coming out of high school for culinary school. You know, cooking was a passion always, but I didn't know, I didn't think, I didn't know the uh, the, the level of what I can do. So you know, once I got into school, I learned about the different brigade system. I learned about you know the, the uh, educating chefs and things like that, and I introduced to the American Culinary Federation. So. I think, you know, waiting, 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 waiting a little while while I'm mature, it, it helped me out to be able to where I'm at today. Yeah, that's true. Because if you go too young and you're not ready, you're not mature enough, you're a professional, you know, you're not really going to get the most out of it, uh, out of it, your return on your investment. Um, I, w- I went to culinary school after already being an, a chef, uh, but I knew I needed to go and get that piece of paper. And I thought I already knew it all because I knew how to do it. I just didn't know why I was doing it. You know, someone talk- told me how to do it, but I didn't understand the foundation behind it. And culinary school was such a value for that because with that understanding, you can grow so much further. Yeah. And and, and, and that's kind of how I looked at it. Like I say, you know, work, work, working every day in a professional kitchen you know, with, with that, with that different levels in it, and just hearing the talking, seeing the talking, like, wow, you know, I, I know, and just seeing other, other professionals around me, and, you know, that, you know, that pushed me because the sous chef was a prior graduate of the school, several other cooks at the time graduated from the school, and, and like, it was like six years after uh, high school that I went to culinary school, but, you know, but I was working in the industry, 
and 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 it's one of those things where you know I was I was hearing about my instructors from my coworkers and things. So they were like, "Well, you need to go." So one day the uh, sous chef say, "Sam, I schedule a I schedule a permit with your packer. Go over there and talk to him because you really need to go to school. I see something in you." And that was and that was the push right there. Wow, what a great sous chef! Yeah, and that was uh, Chef Ellen Jones at the time at Spring Hill Medical Center. Wow, passing it on, helping those coming behind us to, you know, help them introduce them to the career and, you know, make it a full-time career professional for them. Yeah. Okay, so then you graduated and you worked in the field and then you became an instructor, right? You were, you were at um, Alabama Community College and now you're at the Guided Discoveries. So how is it different now in culinary school compared to when you went? Do you see any differences in the students today? Are they the same? Well, tell us a little bit about the comparison, pros and cons of both. I think, I think now you're kind of seeing, you're seeing more students kind of jumping in right after uh, culinary school because with most of the high schools having programs now, current in my area, so like the high schools now are doing more of hospitality and culinary programs, so the students are actually getting some kind of early push to go into the uh, technical side of things like that. So, and, and, and that's great. And I think you see like a, a, a mix of both. So in my time at the community college, you know, it was a mixture of, you know, students coming in out of, out of high school, or you, or you might've had some, or some students that are older that's been in the industry for years and finally want, want to go back and get, you know, get, get, a, get, a, get a degree or get a certification to help they self prolong in their career. So you kind of get like a mixture of both to where, you know, you may have some students coming in early, yeah, some students that live up in age that, that now know they need to come back and get their degree and things like that. And also some military coming in, you know, getting their degree and using some of the uh, military uh, loans and things like that, you know, to kind of do something in between. So because the hospitality and one thing you have to kind of look at is, you know, like now I can say, you know, me has been in the industry for, for a while now that I can really say, you know, the hospitality industry is broad. So it's not just, you know, a chef anymore or being a cook. You know, you got the production side, you got the personal chef, you had a catering, and you have different facets of the things that you can do and the students can see about, you know, being a photographic chef or being, you know, different things like that. So I think the industry is growing to where you're not stuck in one spot of saying, you know, yes, I like hospitality, yes, I like cooking, but I know I don't want to be on, be in that kitchen every day cooking. So what you need to try to see what can you do inside that area besides cooking every day. So it's a front of the house and things like that. Yeah, it's so true that you mentioned about the high schools today. I mean, when I was coming up through, they didn't have these type of programs they have now, these feeder programs. I mean, like in Florida here, we have the Pro Start, you know, from the National Restaurant Association, Florida Restaurant Association and Lodging. And they really, you know, have great programs at the secondary level. And then when they come into the post-secondary, the college level, uh, they're so much more prepared than students in the past because they already have that a lot of that foundation that basis. Do you have a lot of traditional students in your program? Do they come right out of high school? Where where do you get your students from currently? Yeah, most of the students come directly out of high school or say like a co-op program to where they actually are already say like they're a junior senior in high school. They can start their college course. So they may come out to the college maybe once or twice a week to start taking college courses. And once they graduate, they may have, you know, a semester and things like that to where they're familiar with it familiar with the college, familiar with the instructor where they move on from there and actually kind of push me going and some of you are pushing to go and take their uh, work on a bachelor's do a four years. So, you know, because once now it's like, you know, if you can get into the uh, apprentice program or the co-op program, you're pretty much halfway through your, your, your two-year program and you can kind of see if you want to take it to the next level, maybe going to the hospitality management side of things. Awesome. Great. So what is uh, one myth 
that your students come into classes with or come into the school, you know, that they believe something that you have to, you know, say, no, it's not really like that. Let me, let me clarify. Let me, um, you know, enlighten you to what it's really like. What myth might that be? I guess, you know, just trying to, you know, not, not, not thinking it, not coming in, not knowing it all and knowing that it's going to be a process. And it's in the instant gratification. Sometimes today, you know, we have, they kind of see, the internet and TV think, you know, well, you know, I can be this celebrity chef, I can be this, you know, restaurant tour where, you know, you, you see in the end, of, you see in the end of day results, but, you know, this may have been 20, 30 years in the working. Yeah, yes, yes, there's opportunity there, but you got to learn the basis of the fundamental before you can be that chef, you know, and things like that. So I guess if you're trying to like slow them down and say, well, you know, I'm not trying to kill your dream, but let me help pursue your, pursue your dream. Right. Yep. Great. <laughs> do they already have their favorite chefs picked out when they come in? Do they have their, you know, their celebrity chefs that they want to emulate or want to be like? Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, with, with the, uh, with the networks and things like that, you know, a lot of students come in with the mindset of, you know, I, I, I want to be, you know, I like Gordon Ramsay or I like Bobby Flair and things like that, you know? And so you have to just, you know, kind of like say, Hey, you know, I understand that, but let's talk about the basics of Sultan. You know, kind of bring the academics to them and say, you know, and help them out. Yeah, found, get the foundations first. Get the basics down and then go from there. Sky's the limit. Yeah, that, that's it. Now, I was reading on your, uh, your bio and stuff here. You talk a little bit about mentorships, mentors, mentees. Could you speak to that? I mean, did you have a mentor, mentee? And how do you, you know, bring that into your classroom now with your students? Yes, yes, I can say with me, yes, I had several, several mentors and, and, and still, you know, having the day to where, you know, it was uh, my past uh, carnival arts instructor. So, you know, coming into the industry, you know, throughout the uh, American Carnival Arts Federation, we had a local chapter where, you know, we were actually seeing these chefs and things like that. So I have several, you know, uh, at, the, at the time, uh, Chef Herman Packer, Chef Herman Douglas, uh, Lawrence Goldsmith. And, and, you know, so it's just a mixture of those chefs. And then, you know, with, with uh, going to school and actually, you know, meeting some of their mentors and, you know, and, and you know, things like that. So it's just like a chain, chain reaction to where, you know, a, a, a mentor and mentorship is important because you have to have someone that you can talk to if you get frustrated. You have to have someone that can understand you and knowing someone that went through your passion and background, that's kind of the best person that, you know, you can kind of talk to and reach out to without just crashing and burning. How do you think students today or young people or someone just starting out in this industry can get a mentor? How can they be a mentee? How, how would you advise them to pursue that? I'll say the best thing is just, you know, just by communicating and networking. And, you know, you say you got a mentor, you got a mentor. So you have to just look into that person, see if they, yes, they can be saying one thing, but if they actually showing it. So, you know, when you say a mentor or a mentee, you want to make sure that they are actually showing the role that you're looking for and have some familiarity in the area that you're looking for. So, you know, if you're looking for that pastry chef or you're looking for that executive chef or you think that's the goal you want to go, you want to kind of get on somebody's coattail and just ask them to be honest with them and let them know, you know, hey, I don't, I don't mind, you know, if you got an hour you can spend with me, if you got 10 minutes you can spend with me, I just want to learn what you're doing. Yeah, good, yeah. Definitely seek out someone that, you know, is a good match for you that's going to, you know, help you and, and make it, you know, worthwhile. Now, you mentioned American Culinary Federation. Could you speak to that and, and, and how important it is to you, professional organizations? And maybe you could even uh, talk about certifications and how important that is in, in a young culinarian's career. Yeah, I'll say, you know, once you, once you decide to say go to that college level, you're pretty much being committed. So, and saying with the American Culinary Arts Federation and speaking for myself, it's been, been a tremendous 
push for my career. And, you know, just being able to have those resources and, and, and different people you can reach out to and just that local and national level that you can help, you know, and help, help yourself grow with your local chapter members. And that brings a lot of mentors. You can get through that. And getting out doing community community uh, events and community things like that. And also, you know, and once you say you want to get to the certification, certification thing like that. So, I mean, the best thing you can do to invest in yourself is to become certified and be that certified chef because, you know, that's something that you earn. And that credential goes with you. And, and, and for an employment, you know, that that'll be a good look for, you know, for being, for to get a good employment and have things like that. So not just say I'm a chef, I'm an executive chef, but yes, I'm a, a certified whatever type of chef. And, and that stands out in the industry. Great, great. And you're certified now with the American Culinary Federation and belong to a local chapter? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm, uh, yes I'm, I'm, I'm with the uh, ACF Gulf Coast chapter. And that's a local chapter. And we have roughly around 60 members throughout our chapter in uh, Mobile. And uh, we merged with the uh, Pensacola and Mobile is kind of, you know, merged together with that membership program. And for someone that doesn't know what happens at a local American Culinary Federation meeting, which is monthly, what, what, tell them some things that you might have at your local chapter. What, what would, could someone expect? What would they find when they came to one of those meetings? All right. The experience you find at local, local chapters, you know, you, yeah, you, we, 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 uh, we, we invite the high schools, we invite the colleges out, we invite the industry out to where we try to put a mix together to where if someone looking for a job is someone from the industry there, if someone looking for education aspects, someone in education there. So it's pretty much just like a meeting to where we can socially, we can gather and, help out with job placement, help out with educational placement, and all come together and just, you know, talk about industry, talk about professionalism, talk about growth, and just try to just do what we can to help one another out, get to the next level in their career, and, and promote and promote and, and each and every one and, and support. There's a lot of networking there, too, so they could find, you know, employment. And- oh, yes, yes. Yeah, and, 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 that, and, that, and, and that go back to the uh, mentor and mentor key where, you know, if, 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 if you know, come, come to one of those meetings, you can pretty much, See all types of chefs and all chefs come from different areas. You know, if you want, in that way, you can be able to kind of reach them and get to them. So you may, you may have not, you may have missed them at school, you may have missed them at a restaurant, but you can pretty much catch them at a meeting where you have time to sit down and talk to them. Yeah, you can bypass human resources, all those other hurdles they put in the way, and you're sitting right next to the chef right there. You can get that job. And you know, and like I say, you know, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, chefs want to reach out and give to them, but you know, like sometimes with different jobs and doing human research, you may can't get them in a workplace, but you may have to try to catch them outside the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, what do you think is the, is, is next for culinary school? What do you think culinary school is going in the future? You're in there every day now. I'm sure you've seen changes, particularly with this pandemic. What do you see our, you know, school industry going? From, from you know just from experience and what things are now even with the, with the state we have today with the pandemic to work things are kind of limited and virtual but you have to be a little more a little more creative so I think more than ever so even if you know you can't get your students in the lab each and every day you may have to do what we so call like a virtual lab but at the same time as you know you still have to find a way to reach each and every student so you know so I mean you know you may can't do the 10 to 15 student lab now so you might have to break down to three or five but with the PPE and things like so you have to just kind of as as an educator, as a, as a professional, find out find out how can I still educate and reach my students, or reach my workers, and be that and be that leader for them. So I think you know, with the future, I think you know, it's it's now at a, it's, it's now it's more virtual and what things people thought maybe you couldn't do a learning card. Never you, you can you can do that now 
So, so you can't say, yeah, yes, it's, yes, it's good to be in a physical lab each and every day. But now we're seeing that we can do a virtual lab and we can get a pretty good, a good outcome of each and every student. Great. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, I think it's, you know, you know, with this pandemic, hopefully it passes as soon as possible. So, you know, you can get back to you know, the way at least it was uh, with the training and that hands on. But until that happens, you know, we'll, we'll all make do. That's it. <laughs> I said, that's one thing we learned in hospitality. You got to roll with the punches. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Got to be adaptable. So who are the three people who have been the most influential to you? Could be for personal reasons, professional reasons. They could have been, you know, in the past or, you know, someone that's no longer with us. But tell us three people that were the most influential uh, to you. Okay, I'll say, uh, just just being, just giving me the passion. I say it's my grandmother. You know, that's from my, from from my introduction to the kitchen. And, and I'll say once, you know, once getting into culinary art school and seeing uh, seeing a professional chef and seeing an actual educator. That'll be uh, Chef Herman Packer and Chef uh, Henry Douglas. That was two of my culinary arts teachers at the time I was in culinary arts school. You know, just seeing two mentors, seeing two men just actually, you know, in a, you know, just like, wow, I didn't know this is this. And introducing me to the professional side of everything. And I would say in the industry now, I would say, you know, for now when I look at, say, professionalism and going into, say, like, the, you know, looking at the professional side of things and as a chef, I'll say uh, Chef Kimberly Bach Brown, as of now seeing what she is doing within the American Carnival Arts Federation as a woman and leading the organization. So yeah, that, that's about it. Great, great. Those are great choices. What is one big challenge you faced when you were in culinary school, and what lesson did you learn from it? I'll say, uh, I guess one the one challenge I faced in culinary school was, like I say, you know, just slow down and listen to your instructors because you know, like I say, because you you have you have that itch of I really want it, but then again, you can be wanting it so bad till you're not paying attention, you're not taking it all in until you're missing something. So you know, you have to just say, yeah, yeah, yes, this is a bit interesting, me, but let me listen and, and let me listen and listen to my instructor, let me listen to my teacher, let me listen to my chef, so I can get understand. And yes, thing maybe repetition, but repetition is good because you're learning it. So it was truly, I had to truly learn patience. Patience. <laughs> yes, yes, so, patience, patience, yes. So important. So now you have some perspective. You've been out of school for a while. Looking back, would you do it all again with all the cost and the time and working those shifts with working in the industry and having to learn all these things? Would you do it again? Uh, looking back at everything and like say uh, school, work, school, work, and, and bouncing everything out, that was the best years of my life, honestly, hands down. I mean, because it, it matured me, it made me the man I am today, and just that it was it was it was fun. I mean, I was doing something that I didn't know that could be this rewarding. And I'm looking back, say maybe eight to ten years down the line, and saying if I had to do it all over again, I, I would do it hands down. So, what's next for you? What do you what do you see yourself in the next short term year, two years, five years, ten years? What are, what is your big plans? My big plan is, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a very, I'm a big advocate of education. So, you know, pursue, pursue certification, pursue bigger dreams. So, you know, it just, I just want to just, like, I like to do things to get bigger and better each and every day. So continue to do my community work and give back to the next generation of chefs. Thinking about something abstract here, a tool. What's your favorite tool? If you had to have one tool, say you're going to be stranded on an island somewhere and you can only bring one tool with you, or if you're going into a kitchen and you got to bring one, well, do you have a favorite what, what piece of equipment? 
I'll say my favorite piece of equipment. They had to have one piece of equipment for the kids. I think that'll be a beneficial. I'll say a chef knife. <laughs> yeah, I can pretty much use that all around. <laughs> yeah, it's one we use the most. So definitely, that's that's a good one. Uh, are there any books that you would recommend to your students? Anything you've read or maybe listened to or recently that inspired you? Something that you would recommend to listeners? Like this is a, this is a good resource for you. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, like I say, in education, you know, it just teaching to me just the basis of just looking at the professional cooking book or our own cooking book and, and more of the fundamental side of things and looking at and then with the American Carnet with the American Carnet apprenticeship book is pretty helpful when you try to move on to certification and training and that and that aspect. So I know like I said you're trying to stick into the basics and things like that and just knowing the history, you know, and a lot of, and that's why I tell people like if if you don't know the history of what you're trying to do you'll never know the, res- the end result. So uh, you got to gotta kind of tell them the history of culinary arts and, where, you know, and kind of break it down to the basics, to the 1800s and things like that to where they can get a pretty aspect of where, where it's going. Yeah, so true, the history. You got to know where you've been before you know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah you know, and let them know that, you know, like the, 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 for the French cuisine, the, the basis of that, and you know, how everything kind of balance off that. So, you, you know, and once you, and that's the orientation of food service. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours, you know, maybe contemplating going to culinary school, entering into, you know, the culinary world, the kitchen? What would you, what advice would you give them? I'll say any, any, anything you want to invest your time and money and do your research on. So once you get there, you'll have some aspect of what you really want to do with yourself. But if your heart and true desires just have to just move forward and try it out and it's going to be mistakes, it's going to be ups and downs but you have to find a balance for your life and for your career. Very good. What are some of the downfalls of our industry? Where are some of the pitfalls, the things you want to stay away from, the things that uh, hopefully we could change someday? you have any, any advice on that? Any, any, uh, re, um, anything you contribute to that? Yes, what I try to, you know, what I try to tell some cartonaries some car is, you know, I mean, you, you're in the industry that seven days a week, and pretty much 24 hours a day. So somewhere you can eat 24 hours a day. So, and I say, you know, the, the time that we, the time that, you know, some people are enjoying their holidays and birthdays, we're the ones that are making it happen. So Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, and things like that, you know, you may be in the kitchen working. So you got to think about, you know, how, how do I want to balance out my livelihood with my career? And, and sometimes this, this, this career do take a lot from your livelihood So you got to understand, okay, well, my Christmas is going to be with my, working my working colleague my my thanksgiving is going to be with my work family <laughs> and things like that yeah so that's one thing i had to learn you know and then and then and, and, and you and your staff come together closer like that you know when you work through those holidays and birthdays you make a true bond with one another yes true um one of the downsides that you often hear about our industry is substance abuse and you know mental health issues and you know depression can you speak to that and and you know maybe shed light from your perspective on it yeah i guess you know one of those one of those old triggers that's in a kitchen that sometimes you know you you're you're, you're, in, you're in a professional kitchen that you may have a bar you may have alcohol and it's, it's easy to reach over there and get and try to get out your day if you're working at 10 or 14 or you're doing double so sometimes people try to do the substance abuse that may lean to that side just to try to get throughout the day, uh, or, you know, just uh, just dealing with depression. I just know, well, I'm working so much, you know, I'm trying to ban it with this, I'm trying to ban it with that, to where, you know, you have to just have a, a level head and strong mind to where, you know, well, if I, well yes, it's demanding, but I'm not going to lean out to these out things that kind of take me through it. 
Have you seen anything in the career, in your career, like working in the industry around those things? Did you see, cause I know some people talk about this harassment, this bullying, um, you know, maybe some discrimination or especially with the female males. Have you seen anything from your experience? Uh, I guess, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, you know, coming throughout the industry or coming throughout the ranks, you know, you, you, I mean, you are exposed to all those things and, and some things, you know, personally I have been through, but you just can't let it deter you from getting to where you want to be. So you have to just push through and it moves. So, I mean, it's one of those things that yes, yes, it happened. Yes, it existed, but I got to, I, I got I to keep my mind sharp. I got to keep my eye on the prize and make it to the next stage of my career. If one of your students was having this type of issue, how do you ad- advise them? What would you tell them to do? I mean, the best thing to do is, I mean, if, if you experience any of those things while in the workforce or even, even in the educational force, I mean, you want to make sure that you communicate with someone, let them know what's going on, and don't try to ball it in because if you try to hold that problem in, that's when it leads to the substance abuse. That's when it leads to the depression. So, you know, once these things occur, document it and let someone know. And, and don't don't try to don't try to hide it. Don't think it's uh, don't think it's gonna go away overnight. You know you have to just keep on pushing and let, and let someone help you. And what about the sometimes stereotype chef that's yelling and screaming and throwing pots and pans? Did you see any of that? And how do you take that in your own uh, career? And how do you advise students about that? Yes, I mean you know earlier in my career, I had I had several chefs that had that screaming or had that throwing place. Uh, you know getting your food out and doing things like that, you know, but, and you know what I mean? Like you said, yeah, yes, it hurts you at the time, but it makes you a stronger person. So, you know, if you know you've been through that, I don't try to, I don't, I don't, that's not my management or my professional skills the way, you know, I'm not, I'm here, I'm here to help you. I'm here to coach you. I'm not here to deter you. So a lot of times, yeah, if you got that shit that's hollering, throwing things, or, you know, just being, you know, uh, the neurotic in the kitchen, sometimes that, you know, push you away from him and you don't have the relationship. So I say, you know, yeah, okay, yes, you may have done something wrong, but let me let me educate you on how to correct that. You know, let me show you how I may do the correct way and do the correct method and not just say, you know, it's wrong and can't tell me how to fix it. Good advice. Yeah, we don't have to be Gordon Ramsay in the kitchen, right? Yeah. Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. And a lot of times you have HR now, so you can't do too much of that. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a question I should have asked that I didn't? Is there anything that I may have missed that you want to talk about? I think we kind of covered everything. And if you have anything, I'm, 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 I'm open to if you have any other questions, no problem. Does your students do a lot with social media? Are they involved in that? I mean, I know it's really big in our industry now, Instagram, Facebook pages, YouTube channels. Uh, are, are they? Do you see that in your area? Yeah, a lot of times, you know, the social media and different things are really taking off and the students kind of lean towards that. So you have to just kind of just make sure, you know, you may – Check it out and see what they have going on, but you don't want to get too involved in it with things right now. But it's pretty much the kind of going things where they kind of display some of their creations and things like that. So, you know, it's kind of they outlet to kind of communicate and show off their work and pride and joy. Do they take pictures of their plates and what they've created and post those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a lot of students take pictures of their plates and post it. And, you know, it's kind of, that's kind of getting a little bragging rights of what they've done for the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, share it with their family, friends, the world. Yeah. So that's that, you know, that, that, that kind of you know, give, give me a little instant gratification thing. <laughs> yeah, it's the world. Yeah. Okay, as we come to the end of our chat today, and before we wrap up, 
Is there any last minute advice or guidance that you want to leave with the listeners? You know, something you want to share with them before we close? Yes, I'll say uh, one I want to share is, you know, with a culinary or professional, I mean, you're coming into the industry is so broad right now to, you know, dream big and try to just don't, don't settle for less. Don't, don't take mediocre. It's just so much you can do. So why, why you have to youth and your strength to try to get further as you can because you're not going to always be as young. You're not going to always be as strong. So try to reach your pinnacle as quick as you can so you can enjoy it. Great advice. Well, that is just about all the time we have for this episode. And I want to first thank you, Sam, for coming on the show today and sharing your culinary school story with all of us and the listeners. Really appreciate your time, your insight, and your honesty. All right. Thanks for having me. Glad to be a part of this episode. Looking forward to many more. Great. Thanks again. I enjoyed our chat. Bye-bye now. All right. Take care. And a big thanks and appreciation also goes out to all of you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and this episode. You all are a big part of this show, so please let us know what you think. Your comments are always welcome, and they help us in making the best show possible. You can email them to culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. That's culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. Or even leave us a voicemail at area code 207-835-1275. That's area code 207-835-1275. And if you like the show, we have a big ask of all of you. And that is to share the podcast with everyone you know. And to give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, until our next Culinary School Story, take care and be well. Bye-bye. Culinary School Stories is a proud member of the Food Media Network.